Hi, this is Adam Hastings, and you're listening to the Cherry Jam Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode three of series five of Cherry Jam. Myself, Ed Price, Jim Harley, and Russ Brooks. Uh, Lost and Stowe, unavailable this, this week, but we hopefully have everybody back next week uh, following the first fixture of the season for Gloucester and the start of the World Cup, obviously. Um, talking about rugby uh, and playing, um, Jim and I decided to uh, stick our boots on uh, for a game, a charity game against Long Levens Mixed Ability Rugby today uh, for the remnants and relics of the Doughty Rugby Club. Uh, and um, dear listeners, you'll be entertained to know that I managed to get injured before the warm-up which I think is even for me impressive. Uh, so, especially as a non-contact player. Yeah, indeed, it's a genuinely. I was even surprised by my ability to hurt myself. Um, anyway, uh, it was a good day, Jim. It was a very good day. Um, I mean, a lot of the front row were moaning yesterday um, about the forecast, and they were moaning more during the game. <laughs> um, it was. It was an absolutely beautiful day. It was gorgeous. Um, the, the pitch, the pitch was green, mm. um, and there was no excuse for knock-ons. Uh, yeah. Other than maybe I picked up the bad passes because I had seriously sweaty hands because it was roasting. It was very um, warm, and also I think I got hit in the face with the ball twice. Um, yeah. This is the level of passing that I was experiencing. I fully held my hands up with the uh, the cock up that led to one of the uh, MAR tries, which was probably should just hacked it like I'd done every, every other time the ball had dropped. Um, but um, yeah, it was. I thought it was overall a really good day, very enjoyable. No intention ever to play rugby again. Certainly full contact rugby. Uh, just I'll have a bib on every week and just you know. Fanny around at fullback, that's absolutely fine. Um, Jim, you I think you were at one point I thought you were gonna you were gonna sneak over, but you didn't quite make it make it to the line. I probably could have done, but it was one of those and and it's 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 one of those games that with the mixed ability, I absolutely love the concept. I yeah. really, really do. And it needs a huge amount more work to tweak the tweak the laws and make it truly mixed ability i think it's open to um quite a lot of um foul play in a in, mm. in a sense mm. um from teams because winning still counts and i was saying to people um earlier this evening i think it would actually work quite well like you do for lower age group stuff and actually it doesn't matter about the score it just matters about the participation because that's yeah it's all yeah. about it's about getting <laughs> people that otherwise wouldn't be able to play a game of rugby playing rugby. Um, but yeah, I, I did have a chance. I probably, I mean, and uh, Smudge told me as much on his way back from the try line. He said, oh, you could have, you could have scored that. I was like, yeah, I probably could, but it seemed like the right thing to do to just kind of run the line, draw and pass and kind of involve another potential defender. You know, it's just one of those things. It's, it would be really, really easy for our better players um, to run into and offload well, you know, run into their good tacklers, offload, and then the rest of us run into their weaker tacklers or their mixed ability guys that can't run as fast. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't the you know the the order of play. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I think 
you and I had uh, are looking a little bit rosy cheek now. Very, uh, yeah. I, I definitely made an absolute. Fo- I should have put suntan lotion. <laughs> That's all yeah, I'll say. Uh, um, it was, uh, it, yeah. It, it, but it was beautiful, and um, I'm probably going to struggle a little bit getting out of bed in the morning, um, simply because I did a six k. I mean, fell run yesterday, which I shouldn't have done. Um, I'm turning into snowy, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So. I will definitely be strapping my boots on again. Um, I'm certainly not going to be doing it every other week like the mixability guys are, but as and when our calendars are aligned and I'm free, I will be more than happy to have a run around with them or other charity games. I, you know, I, I'm still capable. I'm still going to keep doing it. So yeah. Yeah. Very, very low standard. I think, as I said, stick a, stick a bib on me and I'm absolutely fine. Uh, the thought of uh, making any sort of physical contact or, or, or is just ridiculous. Um, I break now so easily that um, you, no other person has to be involved other than a slight slap to the wrist, um, which was fun. Uh, one thing I did think was quite, I, I just thought to myself, um, typical doughty, typical me when I was playing all those years ago was uh, there was one incident in the, end, it, the, uh, in the second 20, I think it would have been, uh, 20, I can't remember, you remember what, what day it 20, is now. 20, 20, 20, 20 15. 15, yeah. Uh, but there was one where, Jim, you, uh, uh, one of the lads uh, said he was going to try and 50-22 from our 22, which I thought was fairly, um, uh, what's the word I'll be looking for? It's ambitious. Ambitious, that's, yeah. Uh, anyway, Jim threw a pass back. Um, it wasn't, shall we say, the most sympathetic pass. No, As you said, slippy, slippy fingers and all the rest of it. Uh, which then it led was my to... one bad pass of the game. Uh, yeah, we'll say that. Uh, which then led to uh, the lad, uh, Garth shoveling, uh, shoveling what we would call shit uh, into me. Um, and well, I'd shovel it. To be fair, it's true. I I don't doubt that. And I thought I then put in a really good kick. I think it was An a really boomer, boomer, good, massive, twenty-two to twenty-two boomer. Uh, the problem was, after I'd watched it for five seconds, that's when I realised, oh, shit, I have to run and try and get in front of the line. Because yeah, um, we're all we, offside. We're all offside. So, yeah, um, I'll never criticise uh, a fullback again. I'd, no, I'd love to vouch that I saw this, but I think at that point I was trying to get my son down from the ridiculously big climbing frame he'd managed to go <laughs> up with idea, talking about ideas above his station. Yeah, well, it, it was um, there was some there was some nice little bits of play, and it was very enjoyable. It again, was but... it was enjoyable enough to watch at times. Um, <laughs> I was bloody boiling just running around the sidelines chasing after him. So I had got to see little bits. I saw a good juggle by Ed. Um, I won't dispute Jim's um, only one bad pass because I'm not that mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was funny just to see how it was comp- funny to see competitive Jim back because I heard he's I forgot how chopped he a nine he is mm-hmm. um, I don't miss me? being the person me? on the end I don't miss being the person bossed around no, uh, it, was, no. it was nice to go along and watch um, the boy quite enjoyed it as well and it was quite nice to take him onto the rugby field afterwards and watch him chuck a ball around first time he's shown any interest so that was good but I think I'm with Ed I'm watching it I don't really miss it. I think I've missed a game. I don't miss the day after. Let's put it that way. And I've, yeah, I, I've, I've, I, I am like snowy, not to that level, but I run marathons. I'd rather put up with how I feel after that than after a game of rugby. Now I think the social, the social side is always lovely and it's always great. Um, 
but yeah, the physical bit, and I say I only ran around. I didn't have to get hit or hit anybody. So, um, so the, to the other lads who played today, um, who who didn't uh, cop out and have a pink shirt on, um, well done. Uh, right, we're going to move on now to our sort of whole pod, really, um, because obviously next week we've got the start of the World Cup, the start of Gloucester's season, and we will talk about that at length next week. And obviously, we'll have actual rugby to talk about but one of the things Gloucester have done this year for the 150th anniversary is to introduce uh, a hall of fame uh, in which the supporters uh, can choose and vote for their favorites um now this only applies to those from the professional era which does limit it somewhat but I, to a point I understand why because for the most part most season ticket holders or members whatever you want to call them uh, are going to know or remember those players than maybe some players from the 1980s, 70s, 60s. So it makes sense. Just try and keep it as recent as possible, but with a bit of history for those club legends. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each position and either select or not select a, a, a choice that we all agree on. Uh, and then that will be our who we would select for our Hall of Fame 15. Just to say that the, uh, the voting is still open and uh, the selections will be finalised and confirmed on the 30th of September for the Barbarians game, which I, I believe uh, where, wherever possible, those players will be um, uh, announced. And if I think hopefully some, some or most of them will be able to attend. Obviously there's a few in there, which for obvious reasons won't be um, based on the, whether they're here or not, you know. Uh, anyway, let's get on with it. So, first bit. We're going to go to the forwards, then we'll take a break and come back to the backs. Uh, first position is loosehead prop, and we've got four choices. We'll talk about the choices they Gloucester have put forward and then maybe suggest each time any other players we might give as a, a, a an honorary mention or maybe they should have got there instead. So, the four choices for uh, loosehead prop are Nick Wood, Trevor Woodman, Josh Honeck, and Tony Window. In all four cases, they played over 100 games. They had 100 caps uh, for Gloucester. Uh, Nick Wood has got the most appearances in the professional era. Obviously, Trevor Woodman won the World Cup and is now the current uh, England, uh, sorry, the Gloucester, sorry, rugby scrum coach. Uh, Josh Honeck, uh, New Zealand uh, international, um, played four years, pretty indestructible actually in those four years. And then Tony Window spanned that amateur to professional era um from the uh, the late 80s to the late 90s russ we'll go for you because you were a prop at uh, first who was your allegedly. choice <laughs> allegedly um, who's your choice then for so uh, i for... i think if you wanted to put forward nick woods you're in for a really good shout because nick never lets down very rarely got beaten more than once as a prop he learned and adapted but for me it was dougie um because I think he was ahead of his time, obviously a World Cup winner. But when I was growing up watching, learning to scrummage, learning to prop, he was a joy to watch because he could do so much more. I mean, that try after the World Cup he scored it against, against Northampton uh, is just Hampton, ridiculous. Yeah. And it's such a shame that the footage exists of it is so grainy because, mm. I mean, his step and a dummy, but that was him. He, and he was a bloody good scrummager. And I think... But for that unfortunate injury, he'd be regarded a lot higher in the game generally than he is. Um, so for me, it was Dougie just because, like I said, he didn't probably play as much as some of the others. And I know a lot of people get annoyed about our players going off for England. But for me to see a Gloucester plot prop play for England was a great thing. And like I said, I think he was ahead of his time. 
Yeah. Jim, yourself? Um, I, I kind of, I think I probably started um, with this position and I was very much torn between the two players, between uh, between Dougie and between Nick Wood. Mm. And I went with Nick Wood. Yeah. Because, and, and it kind of set my stall out for the whole thing. Just, I went, like, appearances, like, you know, legendary mm-hmm. status, you know. Um, it's, for me, my picks predominantly are players that wore that shirt for Gloucester again and again and again, maybe didn't get the international recognitions that the, the likes of Woodman did, um, and and were an absolute warrior for Gloucester for a long yeah. period of time um, and I know we'll come on to it because we've got a few players that didn't play for Gloucester for a long time although they are very 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 good players and it's kind of for me I think he's he is a true club legend um, Nick Wood absolute um, and the fact that he's t- you know taken up the whistle I think just shows his love of the game um, much much like uh, you know Trevor's taken to coaching Um they don't want to step away from that, um, you know, f- from that environment. So I think it's it's a really really hard one. Um, mm. And this is like number one. I'm like, oh my god, it's not going to be like this every game, <laughs> is it? Like torn torn between two such. I mean, and they are both legends, and and that's and that's the cruel bit about this whole vote that one of those two, um, you know, and the other and the other guys as well, you know. Um, but th- there's always going to be someone that gets it and someone that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd hope that this isn't just a one-season thing and that actually the other player here is given the opportunity and becomes a member of the Hall of Fame at a later date. I mean, I would exactly bet that's probably going to be the case, but it's obviously very difficult. This is the first fan vote. I think probably going forward, the club should just say, look, we think this player has done everything or has done something for the club or has been such a legend in whatever way that we are going to induct them into a Hall of Fame. Just keep it very nice and simple, three a year or something like that. That would be a nice thing to do. Maybe at the end of the Players' Awards or that type of thing. They did it it with um, with, with the paving slabs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Out in front of the ticket office, you know, yeah. and they had Me, yeah. Your, 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 your Teague and your Butlers or whoever they are, your, these guys, yeah, out there, you know, and there was no, I don't believe there was a vote. I can't remember. No, no, no. It's just they, just they were just given. They were just given a those decision. Players. And this is where we were sort of talking before we came on air about. You said that we're we're voting for the professional era. Mm-hmm. Because people don't remember the non-professional era, the vast no, majority. Um, but of course, there will always be people, you know, always be players that. Everything. Well, I mean, there are so and so's a Gloucester legend. Oh uh, yeah, played, I mean, played for Gloucester yeah. seven thousand four hundred twenty-two <laughs> times. I mean, but it's always the thing with this, isn't it? It is difficult. I remember some of the amateur era going when I was quite young, but yeah. it's very vague memories. But obviously. Nostalgia also tarnished, distorts your memory, doesn't it? So we're all predisposed. I look at my team and it's, 
most of them were people growing playing in the early days of professionalism when I was at my younger so I remember them more fondly it's, yes it's going to be have that impact isn't it I yes you, and you can see it in the voting and comments online that's always going to have an impact so yeah it is always difficult when you have a public vote isn't it um yeah uh so hopefully the club do continue it because it's really you can make a strong case for probably most of the players that have been put forward um, yeah i mean so going on to the other two so i think i i would agree it's for me it's a toss-up between nick wood and trevor wood i'll give my two pence in a second um but the the other two players noted so josh honek and tony window I, it, it's, it's a bit harsh because they are they're going up against to genuine players that you could it's a very difficult decision it's all about personal preference and opinion so tony window stalwart of the club could played 187 times it's a lot of appearances for for gloucester um and then josh honek over 100 which is again impressive in a very short period of time you know so um 101 appearances in four years that's that's a significant amount of how how resilient and and uh, he was as a player However, I think if I was going to choose of of Nick Wood and uh, Trevor Woodman, I would probably say, um, for me, it'd be Nick Wood, only because he was so uh, he was so like he was tough as doornails, and and he was at times really probably England's one of England's best loose heads. He just unfortunately was in an era <laughs> where there were other really good loose yeah. heads, and and. You know, at another time, like now, he would be straight in. Well, you say that, but obviously it's Gloucester, so we don't get, you know, our players don't get picked. But you would imagine now, if he was around, he would be a shoe in for a, a World Cup spot or an I, England he, spot. It's just he unfortunately was in and around a time where there were a lot of very good <laughs> front row front row forwards. It'll be interesting to see in, when they do the 175th anniversary. <laughs> if Val if Val is in the mix. Because yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Val I think Val has got a strong case that he can be up there if he goes as he does. Mm-hmm. I think Val's biggest issue, and to be fair, he's curtailed it at the moment, is is injuries, isn't it? He had a yeah. couple of injuries, but they were unfortunate and from playing. I think, I think that's if the he only gets thing a good that... run together and keeps his form, yeah. He's gonna be some player. It, it, it's the only thing that moves me from Trevor Woodman because if Trevor Woodman hadn't have had his injuries this one significant injury obviously he would never have left Gloucester he wouldn't have gone to sale for that sort of brief sojourn over there but he would have played 50 60 70 more times um and there wouldn't have been really a, a doubt there because you've got a world cup winner uh, and also then, of course, it would have meant that Nick Wood wouldn't have probably got as many appearances himself because obviously Nick Wood was the sort of successor to Trevor Woodman. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. I, I, I personally would say probably for his longevity and the amount of appearances, I think Nick Wood just edges it. But obviously, I would just stick Dougie in because he's a World Cup winner anyway. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so... Are we okay and happy with a with a, a Nick Wood? I know you said Trevor Woodman, Russ, but I'm sure there'll be one or two yeah, to get in. I can make grounds for them both. I mean, you both yeah. can be wrong sometimes, but I'll go That's with true. it. <laughs> so the next one, I have a feeling the next one will pretty much be universal. I'm very surprised on the hooker front whether we get anything other than the obvious. Um, but Ollie, we'll come... Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, so there's an interesting thing here, though, in terms of 
other players that didn't get included. Because I think Hooker is one of those positions where there's one or two other players I wonder probably maybe you could have made a case for. So um, anyway, the first selection, first option here is Oli Azam. 240 appearances uh, for for Gloucester. Um, two stints at the club. Um, and he was voted Supporters Player of the Year in 2008-2009. Um, legend in terms of his his personality in terms of his ability and actually for the most part uh a, a wonderful uh wonderful hooker uh there were a few incidences and issues that around discipline which we can come back to uh then we've got richard hibbard again 100 appearances to the, cl- the club in just four years um supporters player of the year in 2017 always gave his all Chris Forty, again, one of those unsung heroes, played at the same sort of time at, uh, as Ollie in his first stint. 181 appearances, won the um, uh, the cup with Gloucester, um, and was sort of he had that he almost became was almost an understudy under two other players, and then finally Scott Lawson, um, he was one of the, the Scottish contingent uh, in the uh, late two thousand early two thousands, I should say, so from two thousand eight to two thousand. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be 11 because they said 2021. I'm pretty sure it wasn't there that long. Uh, 90 appearances for the club. Now, I'm pretty sure we were all going to say Oli Azam. Would or should Phil Greening be on this list? Yeah, he's, for me, when you look at that whole list, there are admissions all across the board. Mm. But I think for me, he's the biggest surprise for me. And that's not a slight on the people who are nominated. I, I would have Phil Greeding over Scott Lawson. And I, I like Scott Lawson. I thought he was a very good player. In, but this in is a Gloucester legend. And the guy went to King's Own Primary School. You know, this, that's, the, I, yeah, I just, I'm going to be a Gloucester legend. Yeah. And you, and you play however and many the, times, I mean, Greening played. You know, I th- and I think Greening, he was at the cusp of professionalism. He, he broke. Right mul- he's another. He's another he's, ahead of his time. He yeah. he was he was a seven. He was a bloody good sevens player, as well. A very good hooker, I guess. Injury again. They might be taking into account injuries, but for me, he he should be on that list definitely. It would still be Oli Azam for me, but yeah. I, I I think Greening should have been on that list. And, and this is where I go back to my, you know, how many times they play. Um, mm. Hibbard, I'm amazed that he played that many games. And obviously that just shows what value he got out of yeah, the seasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was um, a never class player. Yeah. And he was very, very good. But, and we probably got the best value out of him. Like, because we signed him just as, as he was kind of in the twilight of his career, but he gave a fantastic performance every time he, t- he took to the pitch. Um, and, and Lawson, you know, yeah, he was really, really good when we had him. We had him at the peak of his career. But a Gloucester legend? No. I mean, I, I don't I don't think um, he, he, he was a great player, but I don't think he's a Gloucester legend. And Azam, I think what really did it for me was that he played when we were at our very best kind of like 2002 2004 but then he came back you know he went off he went back to France because he wanted to get into that world cup squad um what was it 07 he wanted yeah. to get into that 07 squad 
should have done. I don't think he. I don't think he made it into the. No, squad. he didn't. Um, but he should. He should have been in that squad. Um, he was, you know, one of the top two, if not definitely the top three hookers in France at the time. Um, so he went. He didn't do it. He probably got a slightly nice pay packet being in France. But then he came back to Gloucester. You know, he could and he could have gone to a lot of clubs, but he chose to come back to Gloucester, and that to me says a huge amount about him and about the what the club you know clearly meant to him yeah yeah i, th- I mean as i said i don't have any doubt that Oli azam will be the choice at hooker uh when when it's announced because he was he is legendary status already i mean let's be honest he he, he was part of that front row which was ridiculous let's be honest an incredible front row um and i i just I think it's one of those things when you when you look back is he as you say Jim he regardless of the fact he was French he became an instant hero an instant legend within the club and um, yeah he he he'll always be welcome back at King's Home with open arms I'm not sure I know he married an English lady but I don't know if they still live here he did live here for a while I think he's had a restaurant in in Cheltenham as well it's a but great restaurant as well fantastic we restaurant there. yeah really good restaurant but um, yeah you know he, he's he's an all round. Uh, nice bloke, and um, yeah, I think uh, he, uh, he's, let's be honest, he'll get selected. So, uh, Ty Ted. Now, there is one other player which we'll come back to again, but this again is another difficult one, I think. And again, there's a weird selection as well in this because I think there's other players that probably you could argue have got uh, a decent show. So, we've got Phil Vickery, uh, 155 appearances for the club, um, won the World Cup, obviously with Gloucester, uh, with with England at, while at Gloucester. You've got John Afoa, again, 104 appearances in four years, basically indestructible, uh, named Premiership team three years in a row, or on three occasions. Andy Deacon, 301 appearances for Gloucester. Uh, no real words to describe Deeks other than, again, a bloke who was there from the beginning of, of well, at the end of amateurism all the way through um, to being, I think at the time, I'm not sure if it was if he he ha- still holds a record, but the oldest winning captain of uh, the cup he was when we won it in 2003. And then finally, in the weird one, which I'm not entirely sure why this was, but Christian Califano, a no doubt a wonderful French prop, but where I I'm questioning whether he should be included uh, in this list uh, it, it, with no, you know, nothing against Christian, but. It's 36 appearances is a very small amount to uh, to have included. Um, so I would argue it's it, it's probably again between Deeks and Vix, but who do you go for, uh, Jim? Do you know what? I actually can't remember who I, <laughs> who, who, who I voted for. That's um, fair enough. Well, you can you can do it again because, now, mate. Because they like Vix was an like. A mega star, you know. Yeah. He was he was the best by a country mile um, in his position, probably in the world. Yeah. Um, absolute raging bull, um, and ever so much deserves his place in any Gloucester legend status. Even though he did go and play for Wasps, yes. because of again injury, Gloucester were in a position where they didn't want to take the gamble being quite professional which was most unlike them at the time um mm, and it questionable came whether to, it was pro yeah i mean i know yeah. what you mean yeah, it yeah. came back to bite us a little bit because he ended up being really good again yeah um but 
but Deeks is just like proper Gloucester. And again, we go back to like the Phil Greening. He's a Gloucester boy, like brings so much to the club, still brings so much to local rugby. Um, and, you know, was, was, was there as a kind of mentor really for, for, for all the, all the young props and, and just perennially that reserve tight head, just they're doing an incredibly strong job. Um, so yeah, for me, like I say, I think I probably went Vickery just based on performance. Yeah. But it was an incredibly tough decision. Yeah. Uh, Russ. Um, I think Jim's articulated it quite well. I, I, I love Deeks. Had a lot of time for him. Great player. Amazing servant to the club. To play in the front row as long as he did with as many appearances. I mean, 300 appearances in the front row is absolutely ridiculous. It's yeah. such a hard yeah. position to play in. That's nearly it's, double. That's nearly yeah. double Vicarage. You see a, he was with us. For ten years, you, and you yeah. see a lot of old props, but they they managed well. Deeks was our go-to for a long period because Vix was off with England or injured. But for me, it, it is Vix because, again, at that age, I, I think him, Dougie, and Azam were the best front row in the world. Not just in club rugby. I think if you'd have put them against any other front row in the world at that time, they'd have dominated. They were so so good together, but. Yeah. Vickery came along and he just changed what I thought a prop was because he was, let's never forget the Phil Simpson Vickery try. He was very agile, very, very good, very, but hard. He was a very hard player. and I loved his attitude. Very, very, very rarely got beaten more than once by a prop. Well, I was gonna, that was going to come on to. So my abiding memory of Phil Vickery in, as, in a Gloucester shirt, and generally, more generally, actually, I suppose, because there's a couple of famous examples. Vix, I think, would be, I would describe as someone who learned his art throughout his career. He didn't just become a one-man sort of shoving machine. So a lot of people go back to 2007. You talk about Andrew Sheridan and his he d- demolished the Australian scrum. Well, fine. But the problem with Sheridan was he only had one way to scrummage, which was kind of shove. That was it. There was there was not a lot of yeah. guile or or there was, um, no, there was no technicality there. It was the, just you know brute it force. was yeah brute force. I mean the technicality comes. I suppose that there has to be some technicality, otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't live, have a career like Andrew Sheridan did. But Vix, Vix on occasion would get beaten, and he would struggle and would suffer there were times in a Gloucester shirt where that happened but one thing Vix always did was he learned and he never got done twice and I think the best example of that obviously not as a Gloucester player but the best example of that I can think of is in the Lions tour yeah and everyone forgets that because he got so done in that first test and luckily, I think as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, it was very it was referee weird interpretation and, and the rest of it but it's know. my favorite moment as well Ed and I was going to bring it up because if you watch that Lions documentary, I have mm. never seen in most sports, I've never seen anyone so determined to prove them wrong. But what impressed me was he took it on the chin when he was dropped and he just held it all in. And I remember it because it was your stag do. 
and that first scrum where mm. he won the penalty. My God, I don't think you've seen a bunch of men cheer over just a, a penalty for a scrum ever because you're all back, so you don't know how hard it is to win a scrum penalty. <laughs> but also, when he came off and just screamed at the South African fans, beast like that was just a brilliant moment for me because it's a redemption in sport. But that was yeah. him. He just gave everything. And I and I think the, the other thing that characterised him, what a great bloke he was. I always remember Paul Volley getting knocked out way before head injuries. And we could go on for hours about how he should have been taken off. But Vix was the one who stopped the game, got him in the recovery position. Mm-hmm. He's just a great servant to Gloucester. And he was captain of of England, you know, one of the... Yeah, Warlock Gloucester as well, which is unheard of, really. You know, there aren't many. Um, So... I love yeah. Deeks, but you have to. It would be Vix for me. I think. I have. I have to, I have to agree. I think for, for me, Deeks, absolute huge club servant, and we, again, one of those players that let's be honest should be just automatically within the Hall of Fame because the number of appearances, the resilience that he shows as a player, his ability. Again, very few people. I mean, I I, I can't think of many times that Deeks got um got beaten, and 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 certainly again, you know, more than once, but. You know, I think Deeks would freely admit he wasn't the same player as Phil Vickery. He couldn't do what Phil Vickery did. And I think that's why probably for me, Vix, and as a World Cup winner, and as he, you know, became England captain and the rest of it, I think Vix for me just about edges it again. So we'll stick Vix down, but a hundred percent Deeks should be uh, the other, should it just get in anyway. In terms of the others, just a quick side note, I don't want to leave, leave them alone, but John Afoa, um, Again, a brilliant, brilliant player. Some of the stuff that John Afoa did or does, or I suppose did. Yeah, he was he was up there at Vic's level. Yeah. You know, yeah. he came to us in the twilight of his career and he performed. <laughs> and he's another player, um, incredible value. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, he was our highest paid player, though, wasn't he? Yeah, at the time, I, I mean, think, you but, but still. Black, you're signing All Black, you're paying him a good wage. But my God, did he play. He mm. played... And he didn't get injured. He played every week and he turned it on. And, you know, I I'm, get the impression from, you know, what I've heard. He was very, very professional, like in, mm. the, in the training and stuff like that. He had lots of time for the youngsters and, and all that. So he developed our younger props. And, yeah, I mean, he had some, he, I mean, Vic's had some good skills, like, oh, yeah. loose. <laughs> but a foa. A yep. would 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 actually be positioned as that second, you know, that second wave distributor. You know, he'd be uh, he had a fantastic that offload against Bath. Oh, yeah. he's just tackled and he just somehow rolls it out the back of his hand. And yeah. um, I can't remember who it's too, but they're clean through and in after. But yeah, in a game where we were struggling as well, he he did that a few times. Where he yeah, and then through. and then he went to yeah. he went to went to Bristol. Bristol. And we thought, and and Bristol were paying in the big big bucks again, and and I think that's just another one of those. Yeah, he can't. He, he he's getting on in years. There's no way he can yeah. keep that standard up, and he did for another two years. Yeah. Um, and you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If if we'd have been paying him what Bristol were paying him, I think that would have been absolutely good value. Um, yeah. But you know, he he's not a Gloucester player. He's not a Gloucester boy. He played for a good few years for us, and we mm-hmm. had 
fantastic service, but lost a legend. Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult one again. It's a bit like I mean, yeah, I, it's in the same way as say Josh Honeck got a lot of value out of him. Um, he did some brilliant stuff for us. I I never thought I never thought he had a bad game. Um, but again, it's that it's we're talking about when you're comparing yourself to say or comparing them to Phil Vickery or Andy Deacon, very different reasons. But it's a very difficult thing to say. Jonathan would gets in ahead of those players. Um, Christian Califano is a really weird one. I don't understand necessarily why he was picked uh, ahead of other players. Well, I don't know. It's a very odd one. It's, it's a very odd player to to choose. Thirty six appearances. I kind of yeah, yeah. I don't think he had a bad game for us, but I don't. I, I, it's not I, a player. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. Tight heads. We haven't had an abundance of really royal class ones in the in the professional era though have we so no we've also had some dreadful i mean christian there's a who was he clearly a throat i can't remember that's i i I don't think he was either he he wasn't a prop he was a fat bloke um yeah i'm gonna let you say that with a south african name yeah, I let you say that to him. Um, the, the one thing he'd have to back... catch me. True, true. I mean, you could now outrun him. Um, the the one that he was a loose head technically, but the one player I did think, mm, I wonder if I wonder if they'll stick him in just to see how many votes he gets. Uh, was Sir Simon. Now, who uh, for Sir those for yes. those who remember Sir Simon and remember that I mean, I've never seen a player become a club can become a crowd favorite, club legend, Hall of Famer. In a quicker time than Sir Simon. Yeah. If people I, thought Azam had a problem with discipline, <laughs> my word. I, 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 Sir my, Simon. So he's many, he's so many still stories. my favourite rugby story ever. And it wasn't mm. a Gloucester one. It was the one Dave Ellis told about neutralising the fly half. I think I've mentioned it before. <laughs> yes. Fucking brilliant. Where the, the, apparently Dave Ellis and their head coach would be going, you've got to neutralise the fly half. Got to take him out of the game. And apparently Serge lined up straight against him because the fly half was kicking off and he was stood directly opposite him. And all the coaching staff were going, Serge, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he just, the kick went off. This is way back in the day before video. Everyone's watching the ball. Serge runs over, chins the fly half, knocks him out for the game. No one sees it, so he carries on playing. Apparently he jogged over to the sideline and went, is that what you mean by neutralised? I mean... What's not and to love? Lost in translation. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's remarkable about Serge? The thing is, I, the, I mean, we, I could talk, I could have an entire episode about Serge and why oh, I love, love him so much. But there, there's two things, well, three things actually I, I want to just peek out, pick out for Serge. So Serge in that first game against Newcastle, I think it was, right in front of the shed. Bit of trouble in the scrums. Serge comes on about 50-odd minutes, 55, 60 minutes. Literally points at every single one of them and just says, no, like that. Anyway, something happened. All of a sudden is that somebody gets sort of thumped. It's obviously Serge has done the thumping. And uh, you just literally, the shed are going absolutely mental. I have never seen anything like that ever before or since. Instant hero. But just a couple of things separately. And this is why I probably would have him as an extra special, get him in the Hall of Fame because he's this legendary. In, In very few appearances, we're talking like 18, 20 appearances at most in all competitions. I remember going to Madrid in 99 for a cha- a Challenge Cup game against Spain, basically, which is nonsense. And he stayed on a couple of days to do some painting. <laughs> because, you know, that's what you do. He's a, he's a doctor. 
Um, and during, I mean, for those who don't know this, so he was like the vice president of the French Rugby Association, or he was certainly involved in the French Players Union for a long time. Um, but during the, obviously, very dark bit, this is horrible, but during the Bataclan um, terrorist attack uh, a number of years ago in Paris, Serge happened to be in a restaurant nearby where it was all kicking off and things were going wrong. And Serge was one of the first responders, you know, off-duty first responders. He saved people's lives. Um, Serge, Serge Simon is, is, in my opinion, just everything you want in a French Gallic, you know, Gallic rugby player who comes over for a little contract to help his mate out. Because what he was doing, he was helping Philippe out. He came in, he sorted shit out, and then he left, and he will always be a legend. Um, I mean, if... If you were, if someone described you, if you were trying to describe the stereotypical French player, you would probably make him, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, I, I was thinking while you were thinking that, Ed, I was trying to think of players we might admit who might be missed. Mm. Ron Ciro was similar. I quite always liked Rodrigo Ron Ciro. I can't yeah. remember his title loose though. So uh, I think Ronnie was a loose head, but. Again, it does lose points for crashing his car and then buggering off. I, I can't uh, tell this. You, you, you'd have to edit this out, but I can tell you some stories about that because my stepdad was the paramedic who went to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, I think he loses points on that one. But yeah, there that, was, yeah, there was a story. Basically, Serge was there yeah. with the doctor and telling my stepdad everything that was wrong. And my stepdad was like, I really want to correct him, but it's Serge Simon and he might kill me. And yeah. Ron Cyril was clearly drunk, according to my stepdad. But yeah. yeah. Um, the other one, and I, again, I can't remember the position, and I think his name's right because the New Zealander was it Greg Greg Somerville? He oh, Greg was, Somerville, yeah, he was yeah, a very good player, very good but player. He, uh, I think he best, wasn't, think. yeah, and I don't think he was here as long as Sam, but always no, and, he, and, he and in, in his struggling side, I think we, we weren't. Yeah, so Greg Greg then. Somerville, I he's one of the very few players I had the nickname of of. He was Yoda was his nickname. Yeah, Yoda. Um, yeah, and I think we had him for again two seasons. He did a, a very very good player. Uh, but again, in a pack that wasn't the strongest. Yeah, that that's time. yeah, and I think that always counts against you, doesn't it? But, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, very good, very good player. Right, moving on to the second row. Uh, just in time as Jim has come back. Yeah, uh, sorry, from... that's why I was buying you. A bit that, of time. No, no, it's fine. Uh, just as come as Jim is coming back from, I think a toilet break or a tea break, one of the two. Anyway, Jim, on to second row, a position you know well. I mean, obviously not, but we'll 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 just assume that you do. Right. Um, this one's an interesting one because we've got two second row positions, obviously. Um, and they split it round. <laughs> there are some really weird names in this. Yeah. Um, and I think also they've done it in a, such a way that they've screwed over a, a couple of people. Right. So first position in second row, we've got Alex Brown, uh, 233 appearances. Um, uh, again, I think he had the record at one point for the most consecutive appearances. He in the did. Oh, yeah, because he was never injured. Never no, injured, like... yeah. Just yeah. played and played and played because I think it was um, they followed on from his time at Bristol, wasn't it? So he yes. played like I don't know a full season without missing a game at Bristol, and then he came to us and carried it on. Yeah, yeah like two seasons or something mental. It was ridiculous. Then, yeah, so he was a, a again brilliant player. We got then Tom Savage, um, who 193 appearances, did captain the club for the 2013 and 14 season. Adam Eustace, um, who again had two spells with us, um, 245 appearances, uh, played a part in the Power Gen Cup victory and the 2006 uh, European Challenge Cup victory. And then Rob Fiddler, uh, 
217 appearances. Uh, obviously, son of Gloucester and England legend John Fiddler. Um, and um, uh, it says move from the back row to the second row. I never remember him in the back row. I only ever remember in the second row with a forming a formidable partnership with Dave Simmons, who we'll come on to in a bit. So this, again, is an interesting one because there are other players in the second group of of, um, of of second row players that I think probably have got a fair shout of being one of the two, but we yeah. can't choose those. So of these four, Jim, again, I'll start with you, then I'll come to Russ. Jim, your thoughts, who have you chosen in this particular one? It's quite, so, again, quite a difficult one, I think. Yeah, I, I uh, recall voting for Eustace, actually, um, okay. based on appearances. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, and, and I think, I think, I mean, I, I remember so many away games and I, I think it, it was either Northampton or Newcastle where we kind of bumped into him after the game. And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't great. It must it was probably more like the uh, Northampton because we'd, we'd have lost, uh, we'd have probably mm. won at Newcastle. Um, but yeah, he was, he was just a workhorse, like properly, I would say one club man, but obviously he did have that stint where he went to Northampton and then got injured after about mm. two weeks and didn't play for a season and then came back to us. But yeah, I just, I mean, I just have probably 99 is when I properly f- first started going. I think I had my season ticket in 90, 97 or 98. Yeah. But by 99, it was like, bang, I'm going, and lots of away games as well. And, yeah, so my massive passion for, for Gloucester kind of coincided with, with Eustace's kind of first stint there, I suppose. Um, whereas Alex Brown, huge notable mention, um, was just absolutely solid, like really, really, really good quality line-out man. I mean, he's like, I don't know, a metre taller than me. Um, so he makes me look short, mate, and I, I, not many people can do that, yeah. So it was, uh, and and I think it's weird because I'm, I'm, if it was about what they bring to Gloucester in total, mm. then obviously, you know, he's been so important for, for Gloucester over the last five, six years with his work in, in the back room. And yep. obviously now he's interim CEO. It's like, he, yeah, he's, and this is another one. Is yeah, he's, he's. How many legends do you want? Do you want to make legendary status kind of really rare, or do you want to just give it to people that deserve it? Because I think he's probably there. Um, and 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 Fids as well. It's like, oh God, you know, he was he was there at the the cusp of professionalism. Yeah, kind of proper proper grafter i mean here in his tale um i think it was um was it the was it the paragen was it the paragen yeah it was paragen cup you know mm. he was he was out on the piss on the night before and because <laughs> uh, because he because he, he wasn't in the squad and then he ended up getting a phone call and the taxi arriving at six o'clock in the morning to pick him up take him to twickenham and then he just you know performs he's like Really, really, really old school in the best way possible, um, which is brilliant. But, 
Yeah, I mean, and it's this is where you've got to pick one at least four. Maybe, yeah. maybe we could have. Uh, you sort of you alluded to with the second row. Should we not be picking two from eight? Um, <laughs> yeah, cause it's not like loose head and tight head, is it? Really? No, it's not in the same yeah, level. Four and five can swap about relatively easily. But yeah, yeah so I, I went for Eustace based on appearances and just he was never ever the star player. Um and it's very rare that locks are star players. No, 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 true. I um, yeah, I mean yeah, he was just an absolute workhorse for me. Okay. Russ. <laughs> um I think Jim's picked the wrong workhorse. I had a lot of time for uses. I mean be, to be really clear you could pick. I think you could pick any of these four for the reasons Jim said. Locks a workhorse position, but for the same reasons as Jim, I started watching rugby a bit earlier. I went a lot younger. For me, it's Fitz because mm-hmm. it started out in amateur, and I don't think unless you lived in those days, and I know you were there, Ed. I don't think you can realize how awful a side Gloucester were. When like I, I know I moan <laughs> a lot about how shit we were are now. But it's really hard to articulate just how close we came to relegation on a number of occasions. Yeah. And one of the one of the big reasons we didn't was just the mindset of some of those boys. And one of the reasons why we used to get behind them is they were local lads or people who bought into the ethos and they performed. I always remember Stuart Barnes wrote in his autobiography that they never used to understand how and he, he he freely admits that you know they were paid to play rugby. They were professional. Yeah, before, they were professional. professional he never ever said he said we never used to understand that we could turn up against a bunch of bricklayers, sparks these people who this was not their main meat and drink of it, and just get their ass handed to them all the time. And Fids was a big part of that. Like you said, Jim, old school. I don't remember him having any many bad games and what a servant to the club he was hard gave his all and ed will know what game the bath under the floodlights game i'm slightly biased if they played in that game it weighs heavily in my favor because that won me over to rugby Mm -hmm. and lock is a partnership and i'm probably showing my hand in the other person i want to pick you can't pick fids without the other. You could not separate those two for how good they were together. Nothing fancy, but you put your you just felt better knowing they were in the side. You know, I, I think a lot of times we won games because of their sheer force of will rather yeah. than anything else. Yeah, agreed. Um now again, I originally, so when I did my sort of thing, I picked Alex Brown because I think Alex is probably the Best line-out operator, as Jim said, I think Gloucester's ever had. I think maybe with one possible exception, who's mentioned the next uh, four. But again, there's a caveat to this. His he his ability to just basically just never get injured um, is is was superb. However, Alex played in a very successful Gloucester team. You know that was probably our best overall. If you look at the p- period that he played. So from 2003 to sort of 2010, 11, we had two, three ridiculously good sides in that in that period of time. And Alex Brown was a major part of that. But he was also helped by having superb players around him. And I kind of now are leaning towards where in the same way you, I, I understand where you've gone, Adam Eustace, Jim, uh, based on appearances and his, again, longevity and his workhorse stuff. Um, 
But I, I for me, probably going to agree with Russ on this one and say Rob Fiddler wins it. I would say also Tom Savage, again, a player who uh, did the dirty work, did a lot of stuff that you, you don't normally see and was a guy who basically was like playing for Hartbury like I don't know, fifths or something daft like that and just randomly turned up and started training or he, he got invited to train with the club and 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 took his chance and ended up being captain i think where this probably hinders tom savage a bit in that he was a bit more utility and a bit more adaptable so he played games at back row as well as second row and i don't think you could argue he isn't someone who immediately springs to mind when i think of gloucester hall of fame mm. second row players um no doubt a a a, a great uh, advert for someone who should you know if you, even if you haven't quite made it at the age of 21 22 you just keep plugging away because you never know what's going to happen um you know being in the right place at the right time uh, and he he's done really well he's ended up going over japan and and earning a wedge over there and having a great time and and you know who would have thought that in the Hartbury fifths team or whatever it was at the time so I think I'm going to agree with Russ on this one, Jim, and say Fids, but I totally understand why Adam Eustace, and I'm going to say I'm even sacrificing my own with Alex Brown, but I think, and you all, we all understand why, because what's coming next. So Fids in for uh, four, I suppose, will be the, the the selection we're going for there. Um, the next position, well, say second second row position. Again, I do feel a bit sorry. <laughs> so there's there's some again a player I don't really understand why he's there. Um, he played three years for us 58 appearances club captain that's jim hamilton i'll come back to jim in a minute and why i don't think he probably should be on this list marco bortolami um italian captain um when he joined one of the most beautiful men i've ever met i've ever met in my life genuinely ridiculously attractive man uh incredibly intelligent man as well um yeah, but forty-six it, languages or something. He or it, mate, he's, he's he's like an engineering degree. He had an engineering degree ready for him when he went. And we retired to go to Padova. <laughs> he was going to go work for Ferrari at one point, uh, wasn't he? Maserati. I think he got given yeah. a Maserati as part of his thing being Italian captain. Like genuinely brilliant, brilliant player. I don't think he ended. He's seventy-three appearances. He had a really bad injury, which he never really. He wasn't quite the same, was he? That first, player, no. that first year. Yes, where he was captain. What but he came impact. in. I mean, he was he came into the club and was instantly made club captain. I can't think of many players. I, who yeah, had that I, 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 to this day, losing him just oh, before, before the final, the final was yeah. a massive blow. Massive yeah, blow. Against Leicester, yeah, massive blow. Then we have uh, Dave Sims, obviously, sadly passed away. Um, was it was last year. It's yeah. Mental how when it was, but. Um, you know, and I think we'll come on to Dave and and his impact with Gloucester and the importance of him in Gloucester's history. And then finally, Ian Jones, um, who 44 appearances for Gloucester, um, certainly brought in an element of professionalism and uh, a, a, just a, an incredible ability that I don't think Gloucester players or Gloucester crowds had ever seen before. But I don't really understand why he's in the list because 44 appearances is a very small number for a player that <laughs> undoubtedly one of the best second rows of all time. But he also then went buggered off to play for Wasps for a bit afterwards. I, I think, yeah, I think his legacy gets, I think he's remembered more fondly and having had a long, I thought he played more than that, I'll be honest. I think for me, he brings a lot 
he he helped. He was one of those first players when you're like, we've signed who? We've signed Ian Jones. Yeah, we've That's signed, and you were like, yeah, yeah. that. I, and I think it was that impact. And he did bring a lot of professionalism. I agree, though, Ed. Impact-wise on the pitch, other than the, they had to change the law about catching penalty kicks... Yes, yes. And, that and also, is still one of my favourite things ever. Yeah. He was also a significant player in that run to the semi-final of the Heineken Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, he made a massive difference and getting us into the Heineken Cup in the first place. It made a big difference in those two years um, from that point of view. But I think it's a stretch to say legend. So um, should we come on to Dave Sims, though? Because I think... I think if anyone's... If, if, yeah. no one's, if you're not picking him... There's, you know, why? And I, and I think they could have moved. I, I, it is weird because the choices are a bit weird. Weaker mm. for the reasons we always say. I love Marco, but wasn't the same player. Short-term impact. Jim Hamilton, I, I really like Jim. He was a good player, but I don't think he did his best rugby at Gloucester. He, he did I, a I, bit yeah. of a Serge Simon, didn't he, on occasion? Yeah. Like his first mm. game as captain. And he was cost... London Irish? Oh, yeah, yeah, where... yeah. But, like, well, I'm captain. I can't back down. I better knock him out. Well, but yeah, the, there's TVs now, and you've got a red card. Well done. Yeah, Ian Jones. We've covered Simsy, first professional player for Gloucester. Quite yeah. rightly to be offered. At one point, he was Gloucester for me. You know, yeah. he, he was a, he was a leader of men. You could see that team would die for him. And I remember in that bath game, like just looking across and just his eyes were gone. Like he was just so in that moment, like when the Gloucester chant was ringing out. And I remember these bath fans behind me going, oh, that's all nice. That's all well and good. But what's that going to do? And you could just look at the front five packing down. You're like, they're going to murder you because, and that was, he just, where he went, everyone else followed. You talk about natural leaders. That was, was Simsy. And, intelligent he always used to give really good honest interviews i you know just i cannot speak and i you know it's such a shame he passed away so soon because so i just young, don't yeah. think i could speak so highly of him he was for me he was my hero growing up and he was the no-brainer of this yeah uh, simsy uh, is uh, dave is if there are there are two or three players on this list of these Hall of Famers where you think why are we even having a discussion and I think Dave Sims is one of those um, I think again a player that probably if he'd been around at a slightly different time and probably if he played for a different club would have and should have played more times for England um, but unfortunately was overlooked because of the club he played for and unfortunately was in a position which was very, very strong from an English yeah. rugby point of view. Um, so overall, there's no argument. It's going to be Dave Sims. So that's that's a nice, simple one, really, for all of us. Um, so that's good. Right. Uh, back row. We'll this was through. horrible. <laughs> Can I just say how horrible picking a back row was and forgetting so, uh, just how it, good our back row has been in the years? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. So I, I think... Blindside was easy, I'll add. I think, I think Blindside is is very easy i think probably open side is pretty easy and then i'd say the number eight is the most difficult 
<laughs> difficult to choose from. Was so oh, hard. So hard. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's go for blindside because I think we all probably will agree with this one pretty quickly. So we've got Jake Bohr, Premiership Player of the Season, Overseas Player of the Season in 2002-2003. Uh, lifted the uh, our first bit of silverware at Twickenham since 1982, I think it would have been. Um, and really probably should have been the winning captain uh, in 2003 uh, against Wasps, but not to be. Um, Ross Moriarty. Uh, Ross Moriarty, uh, 84 appearances, um, Lions player, um, you know, uh, had some fantastic, fantastic appearances and, and, and games for us. Sione Calamafoni. 107 appearances for the club, one vote player of the season in his debut year in 2012-2013. And Steve Ajamo, 100 appearances, which is remarkable, actually, in such a, quick, such a short period of time. In three uh, years. In three years. And final. Uh, so in his 100th right. and final game of the Cherry and Whites, he came in 2001 uh, Zurich League playoff defeat to Wasps, which is one of those games that if you were there and remember it, Christ almighty, was it bad. We anyway, don't speak about that game. No, um, but you know it is what it is. So, I can we think? Yeah, go can on. we talk about the one elephant in the room who I think should have been in that list? Is yeah, go Bracco, on. and that's where I'd have put him. In well, contention. this is yeah, this is remarkable because I you go through the list of players and and he's he's not he's not on it, and you're like, how? Yeah, I mean, Calvin very good player. Yeah, but, but... Pete, but Pete Buxton, yeah, jeez, I mean, I, I put Bucko in Pete over Buxton, Moriarty. Proper, yeah, yeah, because actually Moriarty was probably a smidge better. In but, but, but so like, I would like, say, no, Moriarty was a very, better right. Let's be honest. Let, peak, let's be. It's very peak with his best. Yeah, he was. But, yeah, but, but, uh, like as a club player, every week, like the player that you can rely on. Right, and Moriarty would have a fantastic game. Yeah, and it might be a game where he really needed to be fantastic, and you know he, he was the difference, and we ended up winning. But Bucko just was a week in week absolute solid. I think I was going to say the thing with Bucko is he had a level, and I don't remember him ever drop. I don't remember many bad games. No. He, and he was he was like so. You talk about Rich, he, the two thousand three Richard Hill team. And I think this is what counts against Bucko. I think you missed him more. You didn't realise you missed him. I'm not saying he's the same level. I can see you Melville, your eyes. Okay. Melville team. Yeah, that Melville team. But no, I'm on that. Sorry, I meant when you had Richard Hill in the England 2000 oh, yeah, squad. Yeah. No one realised how good Richard Hill was until he sorry. left the yeah. team. And that was the analogy I was trying to make. And I think Bucko was that to Gloucester. Yeah. Where if he wasn't Definitely. playing, you're like, we missed him today. But well, he, he didn't he would have, stand that enough. Mm. He would have played for England, wouldn't he? Well, he dislocated or broke his thumb or something. Yeah. I, like I don't a think... Week be- a week before the tour. And <laughs> yeah. That, he, and that, he... that would have been... You know, he was never going to be, like, getting 30 caps for England. But mm. at that point, he was he was the he, he was, was the player. He deserved it, really. to go, and he deserved to get a few England caps on a tour because he was the best six I, in the country. It's not the fairest bar to judge him on, and I don't think either you two boys played in the cherry pickers game where Bucko played. 
No, I was. Mighty I was, God. I, I, yeah. I, I think you watched, didn't you? Because I think you it's just historical. laughed at my one. <laughs> I, I, you know, we played in some very great players, but he he destroyed us on our own that season. I think he scored six tries, and I think it was one of those ones where you realised what a player he was, you know, because he didn't have to, admittedly, we were not the opposition, (laughs) you know, but he was just, he was so good a player and just another loyal servant. And he wouldn't have got in ahead of who I think we're all going to pick, but he should be in the mix. I think think if he had been in this, in this group, if he had been chosen, it would have been very hard. I think Peter Buxton probably would have got in ahead of Jake Borg. But the one thing, and I, I can't believe they didn't put this in Jake's role of honour, is how many back rows have knocked out a mascot? <laughs> that, that's it for me. I, I mean, yeah. So well, I, I, I want to know how many Gloucester captains have had to get given the green light to be allowed into their hotel by fans because they're so intoxicated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't actually think that I... they're a, really a rugby player. Because mm. Buxton, trying to get back into the jurors in, I think it was 03, the miracle match, rather than 02. But right. no memory is blurred. Mm. But I... my God, my God. I mean, the amount of alcohol that man was able and, you know, he was... He he was old school in a professional in a professional team. I I, I, yeah, I mean he was great. I think for me, Jake's an interesting one because he was a good player, but I think it's his ability as a captain that yeah. makes him oh, stuff out above everyone else. I mean, again, you talk leaders of men. I don't think we've had a captain come close to Jake for a long time, and I think sometimes we miss it. We've had very good captains, but yeah. he, well, he he was it on both levels. Yeah, he, he, he was a follow me captain, do as I do, and he had the the voice that that, that really banged the team. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was a great. He was a good player. He was a great captain. I think. Yeah, agree with that. Um, moving on to uh, the other side of, of the back row, and we've got four choices here, which I think is more challenging. But again, I think we're pretty. I'm pretty confident we're all going to say the same name here. We've got Andy Hazel, 263 appearances uh, over 17 years at Gloucester. Uh, again, we'll come on to England and why you didn't get more caps, but seven times uh, for England. Akapusi Nguera, uh, who captain Fiji, uh, nominated for Premiership Player of the Year in 2007 8 and had 138 appearances for Gloucester. Uh, Ian Smith, uh, 336 appearances for Gloucester. Obviously, he, he straddled the amateur and professional game um and uh i think only had that one sort of year at, at, as a professional and then finally jake Pelledry, who but for injury probably would be the only other person i can think of who could run andy hazel close yeah to this um is, think- and this and, and the thing is ian smith like ian smith <laughs> An absolute club legend. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he is a legend. He was my he was my old man's favourite player. My yeah. dad you know, loved him, and I so I grew up idolising him. Great player. I think Ungera's injury. I loved Ungera in his pop. He was a great, great player to watch. I mean, some of the stuff him and Simbad they used to just play off each other. But I think he didn't. He wasn't the same after his injury. Yeah, but he still doesn't come close to Hayes. No, Andy Hazel for me player. every day of the week. 
and again i do feel that my my bias here is i didn't or I don't really remember seeing Ian Smith play. So I can't, I just can't. Oh, he, was you... good. he was good, yeah, I, but he's not, you know, he's I, I, good. I, I, you know, Scotland international, um, superb player. It's just, it's a different era. It's it's amateur and professional. Players who are, there were a few players on this list who went, who played in both eras and were able to adapt and move across. And it just fit Ian Smith. He just was born at the wrong time. So he didn't quite, his career ended at the age of professionalism yeah. because he was just old, too old at that point to play. Um, not that I'm saying he's Smith is old, but you know what I mean. But um, Hayes, every day of the week. I mean, it's just like that lad. And he's paid for it, what yes. he used to do. Yes. I mean, you, yeah. we talk about head injuries and uh, the impact of, uh, of those injuries and concussions. Andy Hazel is a perfect example of someone who is going to suffer from this. I'm hopeful that it isn't too bad, but he's definitely one of those players that has suffered from significant injuries. He got because of the way a lot. A lot. I mean, yeah. what and what is what amazes me is he still had over 263 appearances with the number of concussions and knocks he well, had. He well, that's probably he, uh, yeah, he, and he probably shouldn't have done. I quite agree because he'd be sitting out. He'd be yeah, HIA, I, I, he, not coming back on, sitting out hmm. the next game or two. Again and again and again, and and, and, and he was, you know, he's yeah. when you see people who articulate that the game's gone soft, they need to sit down and see what the game not caring about in head injuries did to can do to people because he was a very he's a just a great player, all round nice guy, and he is so open and honest about what it does, what he's the done struggles to he's already had to take, yeah, struggles. And, but I mean. Yeah, so just just on just on Hayes and and you do again frustratingly for Andy Hazel, his early part of his career coincided with probably England's best ever uh, player in that position. However, when Neil Back retired, Andy Hazel should have been. Let's be honest, he should have been the natural successor to Neil Back and. and- and let's be honest, let's, this is an area, This is we will probably mention this a few times as we go through this. There is no justification for Andy Hazel only getting six caps. Yeah, it's an I, absolute travesty. I, 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 look, looking at this list, Ed, there, you know, I know it's a stereotype and we, we gloss the fans and bone about being, well, our players being hard done by. There's yeah. another who will come on to who should have had way more caps than he did. Hayes yeah. is by far the one. Seven caps is ridiculous. For the reasons you said, I wouldn't expect it to be huge. But after Bat retired, Hayes's form was ridiculous yeah. as well. He That was probably his peak. He was injury-free. And just the amount of turnover. You don't, you're like, where's he come from with that? How has he got that ball? And this and, is, it's England. It's the way England do their thing. Oh, no, he's too small. Just like Neil Back was too small. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just yeah. bizarre so logic. You, you can't, you no, know, I'm sorry, but at international level, he needs to be bigger. Well, he doesn't need to be bigger because look at, look at what he's doing, the size he is. And I, it, we need to move away from this a player needs to be something mm. look at what they do and go yeah that's really good that's what we want not oh yeah but what if he was what if he was another 20 kilos what if he was another 10 centimeters and, and i think like, this... it doesn't make any difference like no, he it is doesn't. what he is and that's really bloody mm. good mm. 
I think the thing people didn't realise as well is because it, most of the time he was known for his ability to turn over a ball. He was a good ball carrier in terms yeah. of he didn't run up hard and cut, but he was a good support player. The amount of times he was on the right shoulder and it popped and just kept the phases alive for the rest of the pack to get there. He, he His game was so much more than just turnovers. Because he was okay. a little bit smaller, he yeah. wasn't looking for contact all the no. time. No. He was a elusive, very intelligent, very intelligent elusive runner at times. And I think that's the thing that sometimes gets missed. Hayes scored some decent tries um, and was quick as well. So, you know, if you got open space you would bet on hazel to andy hazel getting over the line because he was he was able to do that um yeah again it's one of the it, there are some of these positions are absolutely nailed on from the start and again if if andy hazel isn't announced on on the 30th of september as in the hall, of, hall of fame i will be shocked be bizarre. Um, <laughs> it would be bizarre so on to eight so we'll, we'll break after this uh oh, so and eight this is, is ridiculous because there's like, also, I, there's probably a couple of other players. That there's other people. I, I, well. I would, yeah, I'd have thrown Gareth Delve in there. Didn't play a lot, but Delve was a great player. There, there's probably, and he's the first that's just popped about right, thinking about yeah. it. I'm sure if we all sat here, we could probably come up with almost so, double it. Let's go through them. We've got James Forrester, 136 appearances, uh, scored and set up a try in Gloucester's Power Gen Cup final victory in 2003. Legend. Won the game <laughs> in the Challenge Cup final against London Irish single-handedly um ben morgan 187 appearances um has only just retired from professional rugby won 31 caps for england he's a local lad he's from dursley it's his, basically his home club <laughs> junior paramore good god junior paramore uh scored 29 tries 97 premiership appearances massive legend <laughs> a just ridiculous legend, 116 appearances in total. And then Luke Narraway, 162 appearances came through in that, you know, in one of those young players that we had at the um, sort of yeah, beginning again, of 2000s. And, absolute and, ledge. And, and great player. Great player, oh, incredibly he, he skillful. In sevens, he was in that sevens team, wasn't he? Yeah, incredible um, the, skillful. The, 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 that won at uh, won Middlesex a, Sevens. Middlesex yeah. Sevens, yeah. 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 Gloucester winning the Middlesex Sevens. Yeah. Yeah. Unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just repeat that again? Gloucester, Gloucester won the Middlesex, Middlesex Sevens. sevens. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you know, there's, I, it's almost ridiculous that we can turn around and go almost say, Luke Narraway, we'll have to put him to one side because the yeah, other three... I, 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 and, that's not, like, and I think we need to be really harsh. clear that that's not a reflection on Naz as a player. He's a no. great player. Absolutely but, superb. But the I mean, other three, that other three, that other three, I think you could make a case for any of them, and it would be very hard to argue against. Yeah. So, yeah. and personal opinion. So, I'm going to go first on this one, but just because I want to get my personal opinion out of the way, yeah, and then yeah. I'll let you guys argue it out. And if we come to a conclusion, we'll come to some sort of conclusion, and then we'll go from there. But so, as you said, Russ, but you could make a case to all the other three. I, I of of those, first one I'm going to knock out is Ben Morgan, and that's only because injuries. So Ben Morgan, in his pomp, at his prime, so around about sort of 2015, that 2014-15 season where he got into the England squad um, for the World Cup, Ben was as good as any number eight in, in Europe, really, at, the point, at that point. He was absolutely superb. But his injuries at that point, afterwards mean that in a 10-year career at Gloucester, 10-11-year career at Gloucester, he probably should have had a lot more appearances than 187. Yeah. When you think about how, you know, it's it's it just, 
Yeah, I he, think he, that's, could have, he could have played another 30, 40 times. 30, 40, 50, 60. He, he could probably, probably would have been, arguably he, he should have been, the record appearances for Gloucester in the professional era. I think he was, it's just one of those slightly frustrating things that his injuries kept him yeah. from really fulfilling his absolute potential. Um, and um, yeah, that's my only sort of thing against him. Then you've got the other two. You've got Junior and James Forrester, Django. And that you couldn't get two more different players, really. Exactly. You? You, it's chalk and cheese. You know, you... Um, and, you know, Django, he's down as a number eight. Um, he played at six. He played yeah. at seven. Played um, at centre. Yeah. <laughs> he did play and he scored. Um, and then Paramore, you know, was... was a, a solid eight, you know that was that was his job, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I now you may disagree, and you're you're entirely into if you want to argue here. But I, there are certain players. If I was going to pick my dream Gloucester fifteen, which kind of this sort of is, there are certain players that I don't care how I get them in this team. If I if if we could sort of do some weird teleportation thing, we get them in their peak and prime. James <sighs> Forrester in his peak and prime is simply one of the top three rugby players I have ever seen put on a cherry and white. Yeah. Ed, I, I think before you, before you have to go on, you're not going to get any disagreement. It's so hard. Cause I love junior. Yeah. Junior was a legend and was a great, great player in that mold. Yeah. But I remember the first few times I saw James Forrester and we'll come on to my favorite player. Who I love yeah. more than anyone else in a while, but at the time when he came, I was like, who are you? Who designed you? Because you look at you and you should be bloody awful at rugby. Everything but about you looks why, wrong. Yeah, you're tall, <laughs> you're you lanky, but you just, you glide across the pitch. And he, people used to give him stick and say, oh, he's too soft. He's too, I, I remember there was that one game, I can't remember his game. It was pissing down with rain, muddy as hell, and he did so much dirty donkey work. He was just a joy to watch and it it's he is so criminal his career was cut so short and when we say he won the game against london irish that try he scored is ridiculous for any player to score let alone the number eight number eights do not grab a kick through run gather their own kick and gas the fullback the, it the was James just... Forrester is the, the, this is how that, that gat try was and jim i'll let you have your five minutes here but that try is one of several tries that I don't think any other player at that time in in, in probably European rugby, maybe world rugby stretching a bit, but European rugby could have scored. There's that one. There's the try. I mean, the one that still baffles me to this day is how on earth a back row forward can gas Jonah Lumu. Or oh, the Barbars. It's just yeah. utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I was, the... I was, I was at Twickenham for that. That was good. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I mean, but you're, like, I, you're just stood there as Gloucester fans and you're seeing that, and there's another player we'll come on to in a bit. But you see that you're seeing him do that and you're thinking, we're wow. going to win it. We're going to win everything. This line oh, yeah, is so that, good. We're going to win everything. That side was it's just so sad. You know, this isn't a, the amount of players who came through in that group who just injuries just, just broke. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. well, that's he, the thing. He, you, say, you say, how can a player with that physique? play like that well maybe mm. they haven't quite got that um resilience but the, he was yeah, a little the bit, one thing you know, i'd say yeah. but my 
God, was he just skillful. I think that what you could say, so from all of these, we all know how much the game's moved on. And Ed, you were saying we put them in their form a bit. I think in, if he came through now, he'd still be as good because I, I think he's so different. There are players like him. Well, Zach Mercer, I think. Well, I was about to say, could you, like, yeah. could you imagine a team with those two in it would be absolutely oh blowing out my ass oh oh they're taking Mercer oh it's James Forrester or <laughs> I mean what we used to do back in the day oh thank god Junior's going off oh no oh who they oh James Forrester or vice versa. So vice you've just versa. been you just you just had James Forrester running you into the ground. You're and dying Junior's on your ass. Just gonna and then stomp you in the last and a normal Samoan bloke comes on and I mean, destroys yeah. you. One of the Yay. the one well, thing I'll say sorry Jim no no go on no, I was just saying, like, the thing with Junior, and they had to change the laws of the game because of what he was doing. Oh, yeah. The, the holding, <laughs> the holding back. Of, so oh, he would dear. take his bind of the second row <laughs> and be leaning back. And then at the engage, he would let the guys oh, yeah. that, are, that are just that are leaning forward, ready to smash. And he would go, there you go, guys. So the front five would go, boom. And then he'd just settle into I, his position I mean, we... eight. And he goes, no, 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 no. This is, I mean, clearly it is really, really bad. And <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of front rowers that are now like 10 centimetres short. Yeah, because they have but, no necks. <laughs> but, you know, it was just the My, way, yeah. way with the crowd. And, oh, it's yeah. good. That was what so I was going to say, Jim. We see now, don't we, with um, the likes of Jamal being that crowd favourite, like really engaging with the kids. You... And Junior was was possibly because, in a way, it's almost expected now. Jamal kind of just filled the void because there was no one at the time doing it. But Junior was the first that properly was emotional with the crowd when he... and made a point made a point of engaging with with the younger younger crowd yeah. and whooping them. Up him him trotting crazy. back. And head getting bop. the the head bop and the junior junior chant is still my favourite yeah. thing that the shed like because that connection you talk about that that was too group that was just the respect but I mean but for James Forrester it'd be junior and I love Ben Morgan and I love Naz I you know it is horrible it's a very difficult and a horrible group, yeah. list all four of them should be in there at some point if it yeah. continues right so we're gonna pause we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the backs. Some of these are obvious, some of them are a little bit more challenging, mainly because there aren't many good options, which we'll come on to in a bit. <laughs> 